Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to uncovering everything you never knew you needed to know when it comes down to your health and wellness. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health. After working in traditional healthcare for four years, I grew disenchanted with the gimmicks and the garbage, scare tactics and scarcity mindset, and all the things that were being pushed on people to make them fear their bodies instead of actually using them to live the lives that they so deserve. This podcast will give you all the tools to demand a life worth living instead of sitting your best days out on the sidelines. We get really raw around here, so grab your headphones and let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Finally Fearless. I can't believe it's taken, I think this podcast is almost two years old, and it's taken that long to have Dr. Mike, who is a physical therapist and also lucky enough to be my fiance on the show. So welcome, Dr. Mike. Yay. (laughs) I know it's been, I don't know. How come I've never been on before? I don't know. I couldn't think of anything to talk about slash uh, we are together all the time. I think like during the pandemic is when this started and I was like, I I can't take more Dr. Mike than we already have. Mm. Does that sound bad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we... We're just chatting today. Very conversational. I do have some questions planned because as you all know, I tend to go off topic a lot, but um, full transparency, I actually, so Dr. Mike and I, well, I'm just going to call him Mike. Mike and I have, we celebrated our three-year anniversary in December and Mm -hmm. I kind of ghosted him on tinder because i did not want to date another physical therapist do you remember that yeah i actually (laughs) shared that story in another uh podcast that i had i know and when i heard it i was like oh shit i forgot about that so did you hold that same sentiment like you didn't want to date another pt or did you not care oh i didn't want to date another pt either at first and well, what were your many, reasons for many, many, many years? Well, PTs are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Um, yeah, no, like most PTs are very like type A personality and very in your face. And like what they, how do I put this? Uh, like what they believe is like, it's always right. And you can't try to like talk to them or like, tell them otherwise Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't know PTs are the worst yeah am I like any of those things no no (laughs) are you just saying that because you know when this is done recording we have to like cohabitate yeah no I'm joking (laughs) (laughs) yeah I totally agree and I also I don't like I don't agree with with a lot of other PTs do and like how they practice. So I was like, if I had to sit there and 
justify why it's okay for somebody to lay on a table and do nothing but get stim and a hot pack and do leg lifts like I'm going to stab myself in the eye yeah well yeah so that's the thing is like most PTs are doing like really crappy treatments Mm -hmm. um and not actually servicing the community at all um so that's part of the issue did you know i have a major problem with that yeah did you know that was a thing before you got into being a physical therapist no i thought like all pt was like sunshine and rainbows i thought it was i really thought like my life was gonna be so happy working in an outpatient clinic um yeah so there's like this whole joke in the pt community of like you're so happy when you go through school and you graduate from grad school and then within like three months of being sucked into outpatient pt your like soul is crushed and you just hate your life. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's just very soul crushing. Yeah. When I, um, well, my first job was outpatient neuro. Wait, um, so sorry to interrupt, but in yeah. case people don't understand, like, can you explain what outpatient means and like even neuro? Cause I don't think a lot of people get what that oh, is if they're not so- in the profession. So like outpatient is general physical therapy. Like what you would imagine a regular physical therapy clinic to be like your local clinic down the road. So not in the Uh, hospital, not in the hospital, not in a nursing home. Um, Yeah. Like an actual PT clinic. Mm -hmm. So my very first job was outpatient neuro um and neuro is like i did a lot of spinal cord injury patients um cp cerebral palsy uh parkinson's and it was an awesome awesome job but it was like so demanding on my body i couldn't do it anymore it was too long a days and honestly my back was killing me at the end of the day like trying to get people to walk um but it was great because it was one-on-one sessions for an hour that's awesome. Then, yeah. So then I went to outpatient ortho. So like traditional PT, like you have knee pain, you have hip pain, you have back pain, shoulder pain, whatever. And you go to that clinic down the road and that's where my soul was crushed. <laughs> yeah. So that clinic, um, my very first outpatient clinic, I think I stayed there for a year, year and a half, which is uh, par for the course in that clinic. I think I'm actually might've worked there slightly longer than some other people that I've talked to. I'm actually, I was going to say, I know the clinic you're talking about, and I'm actually shocked that people stayed that long. Cause I don't think I could personally last a year in that setting. Yeah. And yeah, it was bad. Um, so I think it was like 15 minute treatment time. So I was seeing four people an hour. Um, and then I, times they would like double book just in case somebody cancels so like if nobody canceled i'd have five people in an hour so like well it's like 12 minute treatment time so i was basically running around like slapping east him on people that's insane it was terrible so like people weren't getting better um they were miserable because they weren't getting better i was miserable i know the two other pts the two other staff pts i was working with at the time 
utterly, utterly miserable. And at 27 years old, I would like leave work at 8 p.m. on a Friday because they made me stay until 8 p.m. on a Friday. Ew. Which is just insane. <laughs> um, utterly tired from the week. And I couldn't even like live my own life. I was yeah. miserable. Yeah, that I do not miss those days. So like, I feel like I've talked about this a couple of times, but it's nice to have somebody else who has been there too and can talk to like how awful conventional physical therapy is. <laughs> so um, what really did those, fun. like, so you said you spent like 12 minutes with a patient, like what did those 12 <laughs> minutes entail? Like what did the treatment oh. look like? What were the outcomes like? Oh God, I don't even think that there were outcomes. <laughs> I Cause it's like, you can't, I don't know. You're like talking to them from across the room to seeing like where their pain is. And it's probably the same as it was two days ago. Um, but yeah, you can't like test them with or watch them walk, squat, pick up anything, do a treatment and then like retest them, like walking, squatting, picking up stuff to see if it's better. Mm -hmm. It's like, you just treat them on the table, slap some, hot pack and east him on them and then like assume that they're better right it's really like really shitty physical therapy it's awful i like and that there's... you said assume that they're better because i feel like that does go on a lot because you're right like you don't have time to assess reassess so you're kind of like blindly throwing exercises and quote treatments which i'm using that word extremely loosely at people hoping for the best and it might work, but if it doesn't, I don't have to hear about it. So insurance oh, yeah. will pay. Yeah. And I basically got paid to do the manual side of things. So the hand on hands on side. So whether it's joint mobilizations or whatever I was doing on that person. Um, but like I would occasionally see people exercise, mm -hmm. but like from across the room, so I couldn't really tell if they were doing an exercise correctly. You know, you had a non-skilled person um, doing exercises with them. I wouldn't even have time to like progress to exercises. So people would do the same exercises for months. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, that was going to be my next question. That's like the soul crushing thing about it, because like <laughs> you're sucked into this freaking black hole and like there's no way out. Right. It, it's just like you feel like, oh, all physical therapy is this once you're in it. And you feel mm -hmm. like there's no escape. Like, oh, this is just my life for the next 40 years. Yeah. And then when you were giving exercises, like how did you choose what exercises to give people? Um, so based on what I saw or like felt on the table. So if I did a joint mobilization on their knee and felt that, you know, saw that they were lacking knee extension or knee flexion, I would give them exercises for that. Um, talking to them to see if they were weak, I guess. Mm -hmm. Most people will be like, oh, yeah, I'm weak. So then I'll just give them exercises and hope <laughs> for the best. But then and you never knew if the intervention was like actually doing anything. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's it's really bad. <laughs> It's bad. And then like, you just I would, get stuck going through the motions. Exactly. And I was just going to say, like, I would get really mad at colleagues who were already burnt out and kind of like 
they were the type of people who they knew they had a new patient coming in. So an evaluation and they were like, oh, this person's coming in with sciatica and they would just have like their list of exercises already printed. So they didn't have to do it with the patient in the room. Mm-hmm. And they would like, it doesn't matter what the patient presented, like what their problems were, like here are your exercises, your cookie cutter bullshit that you I printed off the internet. And I'm like, I would get mad at the PTs who did that, but then like, it's a, more of a systemic problem. So then I started getting mad at the system that allows that and perpetuates that. So like exactly. PTs do have like a responsibility in working for places like that, I do think, but it's also like hard to climb out of that hole there there's no way to actually give appropriate care to everybody in that setting that's the issue and after like three or six months of graduating if you're in outpatient ortho um the pts just find that it's impossible to actually maintain that level of productivity so Mm -hmm. it's not for like lack of caring it's more of the setting and the demands and the productivity requirements that bosses are set in right and they claim that it's you know decreased reimbursement and blah 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 but i blame all of these pt clinics i agree so like their staff like utter garbage mm -hmm. which you know indirectly you're actually treating your patients like utter garbage too Exactly. Because it's all like profit and how much can I rake in? Mm -hmm. So for anybody listening who's not familiar, um, really quick, in clinics that accept insurance, insurance has been paying less and less every year and it gets worse. So the clinic accepts a rate that the insurance will pay. And these just to keep people in the door, these clinics are accepting lower and lower rates. So I know some of these insurances for, I know pelvic floor, for example, like there's an insurance that pays $26 a visit. So because a lot of these clinics don't want to quote, lose the business of those patients, they'll keep accepting garbage contracts, but you'll be one of five on a schedule to, so that clinic can make money and they're not bleeding money in the hour, in the hour. Exactly. It's crazy. It's insanity. So like, I don't know. What was your idea of physical therapy? Like before actually working in the setting and then what, how did that change after you worked post-grad, like for the, after the first year? Yeah. So I thought that it was going to be like one-on-one treatments. Like Mm -hmm. I thought that you were going to like work with people for like 45 minutes to an hour, um, talk to them, see how they're doing, watch them exercise, um, give them stuff to do at home in the off days. And there's just no time for that in like a traditional clinic. Right. Yeah. You quickly just, yeah, everybody gets the same exercises. Did you feel like you were duped? <laughs> like when you a little actually... bit, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, this is the common theme for, I don't know, thousands and thousands of PTs across the country. And they're stuck in this black hole and they don't know where to go. But you crawled out of the black hole a little bit. I did. So tell us about that. Like, what led to that and what's kind of going on? Oh, so I worked for another clinic after that one, which was slightly better, but still, I was still seeing three people an hour. 
Um, and just, I don't know. I couldn't ethically work in that setting anymore. Mm-hmm. I couldn't ethically like take money from an employer, like collect a paycheck and my patients weren't getting better. So I felt like there had to be another way, right? Mm-hmm. So while talking to you, doing research online and other stuff, um, decided to go the cash pay route. Yeah. So that, yeah. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> the, the dark side of cash pay physical therapy. So now Which... you as a physical therapist, were you afraid of that term cash pay? Because I feel like a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, you're so greedy. You just want money. Ah. Oh, and I feel yeah. like it goes again, it goes with healthcare consumers and physical therapists as well. Oh, yeah. So then it's like the insurance PTs, they're basically like, you just want money. You don't care about your patients. But it's also like, yeah, I do want money. You know, it's, a, it's kind <laughs> I of, mean- I'm, I'm not going to lie. But at the same point, I'm better serving <laughs> my community because of it. And my patients are actually getting better. Right. And I feel like it's like a similar price point, right? Because like when you're, I started saying private pay because it sounds less scary. So like when you're a private pay clinician, like we are, you're seeing people once a week or twice a month, right? So Mm -hmm. like, say even if you charge like $300 a session, if they're going to an in-network physical therapy practice and their copay is $50, they're going to be paying that $300 every two weeks anyway. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. And sometimes more than that, depending on what your deductible and your coverage look like. Yeah. That's like your copay. But then if you didn't meet your deductible, you're paying even more because what the clinic is actually billing out is like this absurd rate. That's like a made up number. Right. And if everybody, (laughs) if anybody listening is like, what the fuck are they talking about? There is going to be an insurance, like navigating your insurance care, episode coming out. Um, I think it's coming out next week, but that has more information. So stay tuned for that one. But like, I also find it crazy that you're paying, say, $150 a week to spend 12 minutes each time with an actual doctor. And then the rest of the time with someone who has no education, like a technician or yeah, where you an could just get in an hour straight with either me or you. Um, and you're just dealing with only the PT and you only have to see us once a week. Exactly. Yeah. Your time and money. And then good luck getting a hold of your physical therapist between sessions. If you need help, because they're seeing probably like 25 to 50 people a day, which is insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I saw that first clinic. I think I saw 33 or 34 people in one day. What? Oh Yeah. Not the and neuro it, clinic. No, no, the outpatient clinic. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that was on a 12-hour day. That's so disgusting. Really, really like an 11, 11 and a half or 11-hour day because you take out like my lunch break where I was doing notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 30-something, 33, 34 people in one day. That's it, so it crazy. Stupid. So the other thing too, like that I feel like doesn't get enough recognition is when you're working like that at that pace, you are inevitably going to inevitably going to burn out because you're a fucking human being. Oh, I was at 27 years old. 
Yeah. And then so then quality of care goes down with that as well. So like the person laying on the table is getting hit from both sides, like ineffective treatment and then a burnt out practitioner who can't like they don't have the brain power to do anything that actually matters. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. If you could change one thing about traditional physical therapy, what would you change? It can only be one. Oh, it can only be one. Yeah. I know you want to change like a whole laundry list. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know what the one thing would be. If I only had to pick one, geez, you're really putting only one thing. Uh, Oh, man. In traditional PT? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, in PT in general, how about that? I guess, like, no working with a physical therapy aid. So, Mm -hmm. like, a non-skilled person. In a lot of clinics, it's, like, high school kids or college kids that have no background in physical therapy, but they're the ones doing the exercises with you. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. So, like... Physical therapists are exercise specialists, but most <laughs> PT clinics, the PT is not doing any exercises with you. Yeah. It absolutely hurts my head. So I got into an argument with so- shocking, I know, with some PT on Facebook who she was bragging that she sees like four or five people an hour. But while she's working on someone, she can like watch someone else across the room doing exercises and her treatments are so effective. And I had to come on and say something because it's such a load of crap. And she's like, like that. What? You can't multitask like that. You can't. And I, that was one of my points. I was like, did you not take motor learning in grad school? Like we learned that you can't efficiently do two tasks if you're doing both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Especially it was just high like, end tasks like that. You can't be doing manual therapy on one person and watching somebody's knee, hip, ankle and back alignment from across the room at the same time. Exactly. There's no way. It's so crazy. And she was like justifying it. And I can't. Yeah, it's so Those crazy. Are the real superhero. Oh, you can't see me, but they, <laughs> in quotes, the superhero PTs. Oh, yeah, yeah. that can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had another question. I forgot what it was. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? I have so many questions now. What is the most common thing? that you see now that gets missed with your athletes when you're doing an assessment. So like, say somebody has been to felt to physical therapy before and they still have pain. Now they come to you. What is something if you could, if there is anything that gets missed in traditional care? Um, so I see a lot of people for knee injuries and knee pain. Um, and typical. So again, in that traditional physical therapy clinic, you get a prescription for knee pain and that PT is only going to look at your knee. I think it's because of lack of time. It's not because of lack of caring or lack of knowledge. At least I hope. I think Um, it's a little ignorance too. Yeah. But (laughs) you'll, they'll only look at the knee. So a lot of times there's an ankle hip or low back component going on there or a breathing component too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So a lot of this stuff gets overlooked. And just because you have pain in your knee is not always where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So kind of drives me insane. Yeah. That just reminded me of this one case I had when I was, I think I was like out for two years working in a mill and a script came in for patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is basically knee pain for those of you who don't know. And it was actually the person's back that was the culprit because the nerve that comes from your back down your leg was what was causing her knee pain. Yeah. And I wasn't even her treating PT. I was covering for someone. And I was like, wait, they're not looking at your femoral nerve? No. Yeah. (laughs) It drives me insane. It's so crazy. The other thing is like, in traditional clinics where PTs are just forced to do manual therapy for the sake of doing manual therapy. And like, they're just literally just the PTs are just beating the shit out of people's soft tissues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like just going to town on people's IT band. It's a freaking tendon that should not be released. If that thing gets released, like you're pretty screwed. <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> you're have not, a dislocation. You're not gonna be walking. Um, yeah. So PTs are just beating the shit out of soft tissues. Or I, the I, other. What? Go ahead. I, I I just don't get it. I don't get why. I don't get why either. Especially because like if a person's already inflamed, that's gonna make it more inflamed. So you're actually doing the person a worse service than you would if you just left them alone. Yeah. It's like all the ads that I see for the massage guns now, you know, (laughs) nothing like good recovery again, you know, recovery in quotes. It's we're coming back to them, but nothing like recovery, like beating the shit out of yourself with a massage gun (laughs) at like whatever it is, a thousand beats per minute. Yeah, that's actually that actually did come full circle. So I'm glad you said that because it jogged my memory of what I was going to ask. Okay, so Mike has this tendency to go on TikTok rampages about oh, bullshit great. he sees online in the health and wellness. Oh, my TikTok is very evolving now. <laughs> it's changed over the last like changed like three, four weeks ago. It's getting good now. It's very yeah. spicy. It is. Tell the people like the top scams that you see that a lot of people fall for that are like all over social media and why they are bullshit. Oh my God. And be Um, as spicy as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, massage guns and recovery tools. First of all, oh yeah. So that puts me on a whole tangent there, but yeah, like recovery tools, you have to work out and then you need a recovery tool of a massage gun or what's that other stupid shit? The pneumatic compression pants. Oh, I forgot about that. Promote blood flow to help you recover. So the <laughs> whole thing of like, the whole thing of help you recover after a workout is not like a thing. I don't no. know where this started, where that buzzword started, but it's complete and utter bullshit. You don't need like a thousand dollar pneumatic compression pants to help blood flow after a workout. You can just walk. Yeah. And if you need that, then you have a circulatory problem, most likely. Oh, probably. <laughs> then there's um, oh, all of the fitness gurus that are talking about this is the best stretch ever for your back. Passive stretching doesn't do shit. Oh yeah. There, there. I guess there's a time and a place for it, but like post op. 
but like that's about it other yeah. than that it should only be used maybe like two percent of the time but like you need more mobility than a passive stretch and the mobility is your active ability to get in and out of the positions mm-hmm. where a stretch is all just passive i right. can like, I don't have good hamstring flexibility, but you know, it's like, I can take a strap, put it around my leg and yank my leg up, but that doesn't mean that I can do that actively then. So that's not going to help me in the real world. That's not going to help me hiking and playing soccer and running around. Right. So you need to actively do it. There's always these like fitness gurus that have like a million followers on IG and TikTok and suck people in. And just because you have a lot of followers doesn't mean you know what you're talking about or are qualified to talk about what you're talking about. Yeah, like Goda has a lot of followers and they're complete and utter bullshit. (laughs) I know you love Goda. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody doesn't know about Goda, you can go to my TikTok and um, there's there's some good videos up on there now about the utter madness of the swirly world of Goda. Yeah. so ridiculous (laughs) but like the stretching thing the passive stretching so people think so sciatic is a big one and i see this all the time where people are like oh well i'm stretching my hamstrings for this and i'm like yeah you're just pissing off a structure that's already pissed off like stretching is not going to do anything for you no no they need active movement Mm -hmm. to help stretch out that nerve right but yeah just yanking on it isn't going to help a single thing no exactly you know, like being like oh i had a shoulder injury and i can't raise my arm up overhead like all the way i can only raise it up halfway but like somebody's just gonna like push on my arm as hard as they can to try to get it moving it's just gonna piss it off it's gonna inflame the joint and i'm gonna have less mobility after exactly and I'm pissed off because i'm gonna be in more pain right and you can't yeah. do the shit that you want to do exactly <laughs> so yeah. ridiculous it hurts my head I don't even know where it comes from. I don't know. Crappy therapy and personal trainers and fitness professionals. Again, professionals in quotes. Right. Um, Fitness professionals that are like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Because they took like one course online or they went through one of those, you know, wacky institutes. Mm -hmm. These things call themselves an institute, but they're not. I'm not going to name names on this one, but... (laughs) If any PTs PTs are listening, (laughs) there is like a quote unquote institute that was made to give cheap CEUs um, to physical therapists. And it just turned into like personal trainers and high school kids taking courses and thinking that they're a physical therapist. Exactly. So shame on you, quote unquote, institute. Yeah, I actually (laughs) followed them like when they first started and I was like, oh, they have some good information. And then like the more degenerate they became, I was like, this is fucking garbage. Like, how are you doing this to your own profession? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, Oh, yeah. So I actually found a new account to hate on on TikTok (laughs) and (laughs) And it only like triggered my brain because you just said garbage. So there's an account. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. This guy is a chiropractor, but I'm honestly like not a hundred percent sure. Like I have no idea who this guy is, but it's called the human garage. And the first time (laughs) I, the first video that I saw was like 
the most mind-boggling thing of stupidity. And I read like the the handle real quick and I thought it said human garbage. <laughs> and I thought that it was a joke account, but it's like totally real. I it's thought it was human garbage also. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. He's telling people that like you can put a finger under your nose and breathe in and out. And depending on which, which nostril has more airflow means that you're in parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system. Oh, and he can reset the vagus nerve by doing this tw like twisty pretzel stretch thing and breathing heavy. You it's cannot so reset a nerve. People, no, you can't. Can, people, you cannot reset a nerve. That's not how the human body works. No. So if you ever run into like anybody that says they can reset your nerve, they can fix your malalignment, they can push your uh, disc herniation back into place. Push your um, hips back they, into place. Oh, yeah. Push your hips or SI dislocation back into place. Uh, fix your scoliosis. I saw something recently. Fix your scoliosis in 28 days. It might have been from human garbage. Actually, <laughs> I think it was that guy. He said with his, with his with his stretching routine, he has fixed people's scoliosis in 28 days. That makes me so angry. Meanwhile, titanium rods don't always fix the scoliosis. <laughs> right? So, but his magical breathing through a nostril can. <laughs> Didn't know. he have a pelvic floor claim too? And I get so fired up when oh, people do I that. I forget what it was. It was something stupid. Oh. I then don't remember. Then there's this breathing coach that I follow who's like so anti-vaccine. It like hurts my head. I don't have time for that douchebag. I can't with anti-vax rhetoric. Yeah, he, I can't he claim to uh, fix somebody's Parkinson's by yeah. walking up to them because they dropped something out of a taxi and he made them pick up like a spoon or something and he fixed their Parkinson's. <laughs> And he runs around not breathing for like five minutes. It's just total utter garbage. I don't understand how people go like, yep, this is my ticket to pain-free life. I feel like people are so desperate, especially if you've been dealing with stuff forever. And like, we, you know, the medical community yeah, sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And like well, you go dismissed all the time. So people are like at their wits end and they'll believe anything. It's like a confirmation bias and in, in part. Hmm. And well, they'll just... Yeah, I think people are like, they don't want, well, some people, they just don't want to take medications. Which is totally yeah. understandable. Yeah, like I but don't go to the doctor. I know you don't. Yeah. But you like, also have to vet your sources. Like if this dude can cure Parkinson's by like teaching you how to pick up a spoon, why isn't he rich? Exactly. <laughs> this like, is my why, point. Why isn't his name blasted all over the medical journals? Like it's no exactly. secret because he's talking about it on fucking TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true it's so insane i can't but yeah all of these like crazy claim people on instagram facebook tiktok they all have the secret to whatever they're doing but mm -hmm. like in the grand scheme of things like nobody knows their name exactly i i tend to have a lot of free time and like i kind of find this stuff when I can't sleep at night and I'm scrolling on my phone and I find these real <laughs> garbage accounts. And then from there, I look at like people's comments and try to find another garbage account. And it turns into like months of hurting my head. I know you go into a spiral. Oh yeah. Well, it makes me mad. I know. Cause they're, that's like 
that's worse scamming than like the PT outpatient clinics who are trying to help people, but like still scam people. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're scamming people because they're seeing too many clients at once. These other people are just like, just scamming you to take your money. True. And just making stuff up. I just got to make something up. Like if you wear purple pants, you'll have amazing sex for the rest of your life. Buy my purple pants. Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't like purple pants? You can be like Prince. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. There you go. We all know Prince was the man. So. Oh, yeah. And he still is. Yeah. True. Okay, this is a super generic, but do you have any general advice for female athletes or women in general when it comes to conditioning, staying in shape? And when I say in shape, I mean like you're moving well, you're not in pain, you don't feel restricted in what you're doing. Anything? Um, yeah, keep moving. Don't listen <laughs> to like bullshit advice on the internet um but you also need good strength training behind it too thank you so okay it's, so, so it's I not baited always you with about this question. yeah it's not always <laughs> about flexibility and this and that or um, or toning or toning or oh this morning and i saw something on i think it was tiktok and it was like if you want the best glutes ever, this is the best exercise, blah, blah, blah. It, it's bullshit. What <laughs> it was, was it? Do you, did you watch it? Yeah, I forget what freaking exercise um. it was. But there's not like, the point is, is that there's not one magical exercise that's going to cure all of your stuff. Right. So you need a good strength training program. And that's key. Strength is always number one. Even for women. But even for women. Yeah. For and over people. two pound dumbbells. Yeah, exactly. And then but, the other thing too is like, you're never going to, A, you're never going to spot reduce. So like just picking butt exercises is not going to do anything for you. You're not going to respond the same as somebody else. So it doesn't mean that that workout is good for you. And the third point is you're not going to look like the person demonstrating the exercises ever because you're not that person. Yeah. And if you're cherry picking exercises on Instagram and TikTok, you're not going to get the actual progression on the exercises. So you're not actually going to see whatever you saw on your phone. You know, Mm -hmm. you're only going to, you're going to do that one exercise and it's like, okay, great. But you don't know the progression. You don't know how to like make it more advanced once that exercise becomes too easy for you. Right now, you're never going to actually get stronger. You're going to be stuck in this crappy cycle of never getting better. Do you have people that come to you and they're like, oh, well, I have knee pain, but I tried, I tried physical therapy exercises I found online. Do you have that? Everybody says that came to me. And then what I I would say, like almost everybody I've tried PT and I didn't get better. I tried PT and then I went to a trainer and I tried this. I no, never I mean really like, have it. Oh, I mean, like I tried PT exercises. I'm using air quotes. PT hmm. exercises I found online because, you know, like people will search. Oh, yeah. Have you encountered that? Yeah. With people. And then what do you find is like. What's the word? I don't even know what the word like. What's wrong with that? 
like looking up, like I have knee pain. So I searched knee pain on Google and I found PT exercises for it, physical therapy exercises for it. Yeah. So the problem with that is that it's a, it's super generic mm-hmm. and what's going on with your body and your knee pain is not what's happening with your neighbor's knee pain or your friend's knee pain. They can be completely different injuries and respond to many different things. And be stemming from many different things. And be stemming from many different things. Also, it's like those air quotes, those exercises that you find online, there's always like, it's a hamstring stretch, a calf stretch. (laughs) There's knee range of motion where you're like flattening your knee straight or you're bending your knee all the way. But like a lot of people have full knee range of motion and don't need their freaking hamstring stretched like multiple times a day Mm -hmm. for anybody else listening that's not a pt and is wondering why i'm bashing stretching so much it's because it's garbage you need like thousands upon thousands of pounds of force in order to deform your muscles aka like to try to lengthen it so it's not going to happen right no matter how much you stretch you're not going to like loosen up your hamstring which is what you see everywhere. Or how much you use a Theragun. Or how much you use a Theragun. It it actually probably has the reverse effect causing inflammation, so. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe if you have like a super low body temperature, you would want to use a Theragun to just like raise your body temperature. I mean, if you're stuck on like Mount Everest in the freezing snow and you're about to die, (laughs) bring a Theragun with you. For mountaineering, it might save your life if you get stuck in an avalanche. Hmm. Or if yeah. you like a little SM foreplay, you could just like oh, pound the shit out of each other with a Theragun. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually, this is so off topic, but not really. Somebody sent me a text message the other day and was like, is this a legit treatment? And it was a chiropractor who had their client lying face down on the table. And he literally had a hammer and chisel and was chiseling at the person's um, tailbone. Oh, I saw that like a year ago. It was on yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> which, which now that you bring up chiropractors, a all chiropractors are not bad. Just like yes. all PTs are not bad. There are really good chiropractors out there and there are really good PTs out there. Just most of them are garbage. But in any case, <laughs> if any medical provider, PT, chiro, whatever, is telling you, you need to come once or twice a week, basically for the rest of your life, you need to run away because mm-hmm. they're not trying to help you right, at all. And it's like, there has to be an end game to your pain or what you want to do, whether it's play with your kids or hike or play soccer or run again. mm -hmm. The whole point of going to a PT or a Cairo or anybody is so that you can do those again and you never have to see us again. Right. Until your next injury, I guess. Although I am going to throw in this caveat because this is what I do. Like if people want to, like, they're not going to work out on their own. They want to keep healthy and they want somebody to program for them. Like I'll, that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll keep, I will keep seeing people for exercise programming, even Mm. though like your ailment's gone, you're not peeing your pants anymore. Your back doesn't hurt anymore, but you want to stay on to exercise and you don't really know how to do that by yourself or you don't feel motivated or whatever the reason is. Yeah. Well, you're like me and heat programming yourself. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, there's like a progression on that and you're still getting the person better to do more things, whatever they want to do. Right. So, and then I think people need to be vigilant in finding out why they're staying on with therapy. So if your therapist or your Cairo or whoever isn't being upfront and transparent with you and being like, okay, well, we got rid of your pain, but if you want, we can keep working on your strength or your endurance or your Mm -hmm. mobility. Like they have to tell you, they have to keep you in the loop of what your goals are and why you're still going to them, even though you don't quote unquote, have any problems. Yeah. But insurance doesn't cover that anyway. So if you're still going to your PT or I guess your PT, you know, two times a week, and oh, yeah. still covering it. It's still because of your back pain. If your PT has seen you two to three times a week for like three months and hasn't fixed your back pain, like I have no idea what the hell they're doing. I don't think they have an idea either. True. <laughs> <laughs> like I- it, it really shouldn't take that long to fix back pain or knee pain or neck pain. It, it shouldn't take that long. No, no, it shouldn't. But then everybody's different, too. So there's a lot of factors. But in general, you should feel I always tell people like you should feel some kind of a difference, even if it's like minuscule within the first four treatments. Otherwise, we're not doing something right. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now I was thinking about this. I actually was talking to Mike about this the other day. Um, Remember when. So two years ago, I went out for a run and then I came back like literally a broken person because I tore two big muscle groups in my leg, um, my calf and my hamstring. And like when I tell people this story, they're like, well, you're a physical therapist. Why didn't you rehab yourself? I came to you for rehab exercises because I didn't want to program for myself. So what would you tell somebody who works in the industry or has been working out a long time and can do their own exercises to get back to doing things like hiking or playing soccer or whatever, who are, are injured? Should they see somebody like what do you, what's your take on that? I would see another physical therapist if it was me. Um, And mostly because you kind of get tunnel vision with everything. And like, you think that, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I know what to do. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. And if there's like a bump in the road, you get like so discouraged. Yes. Actually way better to just like go to somebody else. And it's also really really hard to assess yourself. It is. Which is where I ran into when I tore my ACL. I was mm-hmm. like assessing myself all the time. Oh okay, yeah. So t- t- talk to us about that. Cause we didn't, I don't think we covered that. Oh yeah. So, uh, five ish years ago, I fell hiking, um, partly my fault, part the mountains fault, but in any case, like I fell <laughs> hiking. Yeah. And I was doing something. Jeez, Luna. Oh man. Luna just sneezed in the background. Was that her? I heard it. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. Um, So, yeah, so I fell down a mountain and I slid, I don't know, because I closed my eyes. Were you hiking in the rain on a crazy mountain in the White Mountains? Not that I'm saying that we ever did that, but we did. And Mike almost killed me, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, this was up in the Catskills. And I saw that like I wasn't going to hit any rocks, but I knew that I was just going to keep sliding because there's nothing else. Just close my eyes. But when I hit the ground, maybe 40, 50 feet down from where I was, 
um, cause I closed my eyes, my heel hit the ground before like the rest of my foot and then my knee hyperextended. So my knee was like ballooning up when I looked at it. Um, long story short, I still had to hike like five, six miles out of the woods with a torn ACL and like no range of motion in my knee. So I kept trying to like reassess myself and get the range of motion back and try to walk and build strength and everything. But there's many bumps in the road with that Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to listen to other people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever go to physical therapy for that? Or you just kind of like tried on your own? I talked to other physical therapists who kind of like half evaluated me. And then um, once my pain was under control, then I just did a really good strength training program that -hmm. took a really long time, but I did not have surgery because of it. Woo! I know. That's awesome. And now you're hiking again. Well, you've been hiking. I've been hiking for a while now. I know. Like don't have to worry about my knee at all. Do you ever worry about that? It's going to hurt or you're going to have an injury like that again? No, that's awesome. Yeah. My knee just doesn't hurt anymore. It used to be like really loose and unstable. And in that like first six months of the recovery from when I initially tore the ACL, I would be walking and my knee would just give out and I would just be on the ground. Oh God. I haven't had that in years now. That's good. Yeah. And hikes are pretty hikes are easy now. That's awesome. Yeah, we're actually, me and my brother are planning out um, a hike out west for the summer now. Backpacking trip that should be like 40 miles. So 40 miles at like 10,000 feet above sea level. Should be fun. And you have confidence in your knee now, which I'm sure you didn't have like even three years ago. Oh, yeah. Like three, four years ago, I wouldn't have been doing this. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, bring it on. It's great. That's yeah, awesome. No fear, no anxiety anymore. I used to like when I felt like I was getting better in that initial recovery, I would try to plan out like a little hike and I would stay up all freaking night, like worrying, like, is my knee going to buckle? Am I going to like be almost stranded in the woods again? Did that ever happen? No, I, I don't know. What are you going to do? Lay there? Hope for the best. <laughs> I don't know. I'll hike out. Yeah, but it's. I'll work. I'll worry about the consequences when I get back to my car and to civilization cell phone reception. True. It sucks though that like you're up worrying about that because then you get what like four, three, four hours of sleep and then your hike's probably not as fun as it could be if you were like going in like you are now like confident and. Exactly. Yeah. You need good rest. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be able to enjoy my hikes. I want to enjoy nature. I don't want to have to worry about my knee. What's the point in hiking then? Right. Do you ever feel gypped that like you missed out on so many good hikes because of your knee injury? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it is what it is. I'm bound to get an injury sooner or later, I guess. True. I don't think of it as like being gypped. I think that my recovery could have been shorter. Um, if I had like people to seek out that would have helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, not traditional physical therapy. Yeah. They just don't spend <laughs> enough time with you. Right. And like, yeah, I could have went the surgery route, but then I would have just been 
right back to PT with a nine month long recovery. Mm-hmm. So well, I just let it heal. And then even if you get surgery, though, you still have to work on like the strength and stability and mobility of it. Anyway, the surgery is kind of like a bandaid fix for something that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So that's why I decided not to have surgery. So it depends how you tear your ACL, but there is, um, you, sometimes it will heal with scar tissue now. Mm-hmm. There's been studies out there about it too. Right. So my knee actually feels like more stable than it did before this injury. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of crazy. And we're not saying for everybody who tears their ACL to just like not undergo surgery this is just (laughs) an individual case oh exactly (laughs) you know if it was like you know if i was 18 19 20 years old and like a college athlete Mm -hmm. i would have probably had surgery because that's kind of what you do right Um, but where i was in my life i did not want to have surgery Mm um i had two surgeries on my shoulder before and I do not like surgery. Yeah. I don't like that shoulder surgery either. (laughs) The the rehab (laughs) is so obnoxious and it's so, oh, my body does not do well with that. No, I just don't think that I heal well enough after surgery. It just, I don't know. That's my body. Mm, Yeah. I made the conscious decision to not do surgery for the knee. And I'm so happy that I made that decision though. Yeah, because it helped you come up with Tenacious Knee. So tell everybody about Tenacious Knee. Yay, Tenacious Knee. The best program name ever. (laughs) Yeah, credit to Dr. Mel for coming, for helping me come up with Tenacious Knee. I can't believe you actually went with that name. It's so ridiculous. And a lot of people like it too. It's (laughs) awesome. So Tenacious Knee is... Um, an online program where you get multiple workouts every week, um, all online. So you can ask questions if you need, and you can send, um, you can record yourself doing an exercise. If you think that your form is a little wonky or whatever, and you want me to check it. Um, but everything is like all online. So I program workouts for you. And you do it on your own free time, which is great. So there's no more like coordinating schedule. Sometimes it's hard between like my work schedule and your work schedule to try mm-hmm. to find a time that works best for us to like make an appointment. So this just eliminates all of that. That's awesome. So this is for people that have lingering pain, either PT didn't help them or they got kicked off of insurance because insurance said, well, you can walk a little bit. So, you know, we're not going to cover the service anymore. Meanwhile, that you can't hike anymore. Right. Um, So for people that still have that or people that just want to get better with hiking and they want to hike higher mountains and they want to hike quicker. That's awesome. Yeah. And is it open now or? Uh, It was closed for a little bit last year and uh, registration is actually going to start pretty soon. Um, and the program will officially start again, February 1st. Awesome. So I'm very excited. I'm excited too. My, uh, 
anybody that's on my mailing list is getting an email this week mm-hmm. and everybody else will be able to sign up next week, I believe. Cool. Yeah. So this is dropping on the 10th of January. And then is this, is there a hard stop to the program or is it kind of like a rolling admission type of thing? Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, Okay. but it might be like a rolling admission. Um, until I hit the, my cap of how many people that I want in it. Okay. So I don't want the program to be like hundreds and hundreds of people mm-hmm. um, because then I can't service you. Right. So I have a, I have a number in my head of how many people that I want in the program at any given time. So I think it's going to be like a rolling admission at, until I hit that number mm-hmm. and then people will find out that it's capped and then you can join the wait list. That's good. And if, any, and if anybody does it for a few months and then decides that they don't want to do it anymore for whatever reason, then there'll be a spot open for the next person. Awesome. I like that. Cause I think, yeah, like it's good to cap so that people are getting the individualized attention that they need and not one of many numbers, like typical physical therapy mills. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause I won't be able to do, you know, there's only so many form checks you can do in a day. Right? Exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's too much otherwise. Yeah. It's crazy. Agree. And then, yeah, then I'm just that terrible physical therapist again. <laughs> back full circle (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) awesome well where can the people find you uh the best place to find me is on instagram um dr dot mike underscore pt um if you want some just ridiculously funny videos you can find me on tiktok um i think it's the same tiktok handle let me look I'm pretty sure it's the same TikTok handle. Um, yeah, Dr. Mike underscore PT. Nice and where, consistent. Yeah, where that's like the whole, my, my TikTok account now is basically just calling out bullshit in healthcare fitness. It's awesome. I do it's like cool. it. Yeah. I do enjoy that. <laughs> but like actual information that you're actually going <laughs> to use, go to my Instagram I'm not really on Facebook all that much anymore, but Instagram is like the best place to find me. Mm -hmm. Um, If you send me a direct message on there, I'll actually get back to you. Where on like TikTok, it's, I don't know. I might not actually get back to you if you message me on TikTok. Oh Uh, yeah. But but Instagram is like my real account that I actually go on every day. Okay, cool. I'll put that in the show notes and I'm going to add the link to Tenacious Knee as well. So those of you who are interested, head over there to learn more about the program and grab your spot. Again, um, the program starts on February 1st, Ooh, right out of the gate. Knee. Yay, Tenacious Knee. Yay. Anything else? Any words of wisdom you want to leave the people? Um, no matter how long you've had knee pain and how many shitty medical practitioners you've been to, there's still hope. I like it. Yes. So there's always a solution to get you back to hiking and playing soccer and running and squatting and doing stairs again. There's always hope. Don't give up. Super important. I'll end on like a high note instead of like bashing people. There's always hope. I like that. And squats are not bad for you. No, 
no, I got a squat to poop. So yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and spending um, time with us on the Finally Fearless podcast. Again, if anybody wants to check Dr. Mike out, you should definitely do it. His Instagram and TikTok will be in the show notes below. And um, yeah, that's all I got. So thank you all for hanging out with us today. And we'll see you on the next episode of Finally Fearless. Bye.